0: Today is September the 15th. Today we see Hezekiah's reforms. Reading through the Bible in a year today, I'd like you to read 2 Chronicles 30 to 32. Uh, In chapter 30, the story is told of King Hezekiah reinstituting the Passover again. Why is that important? Because as Israel returns to Palestine, has a temple, they now have a place to make the sacrifice of the Passover lamb. They too can reinstitute the Passover. Chapter 31, the Baal's temples are destroyed, and Hezekiah organizes the priests in the temple of the Lord. Chapter 32, Assyria invades Judah. The story that's mentioned to us in Second uh, Kings and also in the book of Isaiah is shortened, but the same story is there. Uh, Assyria invades, uh, Sennacherib threatens Jerusalem, but the Lord intervenes and Jerusalem is saved. Enjoy today as you read Second Chronicles 30-32. 2
1: Chronicles 30-32, New Living Translation, Second Chronicles 30. King Hezekiah now sent word to all Israel and Judah, and he wrote letters of invitation to the people of Ephraim and Manasseh. He asked everyone to come to the temple of the Lord at Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover of the Lord, the God of Israel. The king, his officials, and all the community of Jerusalem decided to celebrate the Passover a month later than usual. They were unable to celebrate it at the prescribed time because not enough priests could be purified by then, and the people had not yet assembled at Jerusalem. This plan for keeping the Passover seemed right to the king and all the people, so they sent a proclamation throughout all Israel from Beersheba in the south to Dan in the north, inviting everyone to come to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover of the Lord, the God of Israel. The people had not been celebrating it in great numbers as required in the law. At the king's command, runners were sent throughout Israel and Judah. They carried a letter that said, O people of Israel, return to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, so that he will return to the few of us who have survived the conquest of the Assyrian kings. Do not be like your ancestors and relatives who abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and became an object of derision, as you yourselves can see. Do not be stubborn as they were, but submit yourselves to the Lord. Come to his temple, which he has set apart as holy forever, Worship the Lord your God, so that his fierce anger will turn away from you. For if you return to the Lord, your relatives and your children will be treated mercifully by their captors, and they will be able to return to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful. If you return to him, he will not continue to turn his face from you. These runners went from town to town throughout Ephraim and Manasseh, and as far as the territory of Zebulun. But most of the people just laughed at the runners and made fun of them. However, the people of Asher, Manasseh, and Zebulun humbled themselves and went to Jerusalem. At the same time, God's hand was on the people in the land of Judah, giving them all one heart to obey the orders of the king and his officials, who were following the word of the Lord. So a huge crowd assembled at Jerusalem in mid-spring to celebrate the festival of unleavened bread, They set to work and removed the pagan altars from Jerusalem. They took away all the incense altars and threw them into the Kidron Valley. On the fourteenth day of the second month, one month later than usual, the people slaughtered the Passover lamb. This shamed the priests and Levites, so they purified themselves and brought burnt offerings to the temple of the Lord. Then they took their places at the temple, as prescribed in the law of Moses, the man of God— The Levites brought the sacrificial blood to the priest, who then sprinkled it on the altar. Since many of the people had not purified themselves, the Levites had to slaughter their Passover lamb for them, to set them apart for the Lord. Most of those who came from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulon had not purified themselves, but King Hezekiah prayed for them, and they were allowed to eat the Passover meal anyway even though this was contrary to the requirements of the law. For Hezekiah said, May the Lord, who is good, pardon those who decide to follow the Lord, the God of their ancestors, even though they are not properly cleansed for the ceremony. And the Lord listened to Hezekiah's prayer and healed the people. So the people of Israel who were present in Jerusalem joyously celebrated the festival of unleavened bread for seven days, Each day the Levites and the priests sang to the Lord, accompanied by loud instruments. Hezekiah encouraged all the Levites regarding the skills they displayed as they served the Lord. The celebration continued for seven days. Peace offerings were sacrificed, and the people gave thanks to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. The entire assembly then decided to continue the festival another seven days, so they celebrated joyfully for another week. King Hezekiah gave the people a 1,000 bulls and 7,000 sheep and goats for offerings, and the officials donated a 1,000 bulls and 10,000 sheep and goats. Meanwhile, many more priests purified themselves. The entire assembly of Judah rejoiced, including the priests and Levites, all who came from the land of Israel, the foreigners who came to the festival, and all those who lived in Judah. There was great joy in the city, for Jerusalem had not seen a celebration like this since the days of Solomon, King David's son. Then the priest and Levite stood and blessed the people, and God heard their prayer from his holy dwelling in heaven. Second Chronicles 31 When the festival ended, the Israelites who attended went to all the towns of Judah, Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manasseh, and they smashed all the sacred pillars, cut down the Asherah poles, and removed the pagan shrines and altars. After this, the Israelites returned to their own towns and homes. Then Hezekiah organized the priests and Levites into divisions to offer the burnt offerings and peace offerings, and to worship and give thanks and praise to the Lord at the gates of the temple." The king also made a personal contribution of animals for the daily morning and evening burnt offerings, the weekly Sabbath festivals, the monthly new moon festival, and the annual festivals as prescribed in the law of the Lord. In addition, he required the people in Jerusalem to bring a portion of their goods to the priests and Levites so they could devote themselves fully to the law of the Lord. When the people of Israel heard these requirements, they responded generously by bringing the first share of their grain, new wine, olive oil, honey, and all the produce of their fields. They brought a large quantity, a tithe of all they produced. The people who moved to Judah from Israel, and the people of Judah themselves, brought in the tithes of their cattle, sheep, and goats, and tithes from things that had been dedicated to the Lord their God and they piled them up in great heaps. They began piling them up in late spring, and the heaps continued to grow until early autumn. When Hezekiah and his officials came and saw these huge piles, they thanked the Lord and his people Israel. Where did all this come from? Hezekiah asked the priests and Levites. And Azariah the high priest from the family of Zadok replied, Since the people began bringing their gifts to the Lord's temple, we have had enough to eat and plenty to spare. The Lord has blessed His people, and all this is left over. Hezekiah ordered that storerooms be prepared in the temple of the Lord. When this was done, the people faithfully brought all the gifts, ties, and other items dedicated for use in the temple. Konaniah the Levite was put in charge, assisted by his brother Shimei. The supervisors under them were Jehiel, Azaziah, Nahath, Asahel, Jeremoth, Jozabad, Eliel, Ishmachiah, Mahath, and Beneah. These appointments were made by King Hezekiah and Azariah, the chief official in the temple of God. Kor, son of Ibna, the Levite, who was the gatekeeper at the east gate, was put in charge of distributing the voluntary offerings given to God. And gifts and things that had been dedicated to the Lord. His faithful assistants were Eden, Miniman, Jeshua, Shemaiah, Amariah, and Shechaniah. They distributed the gifts among the families of the priest in their towns by their divisions. Dividing the gifts fairly among old and young alike, they distributed the gifts to all males three years old or older, regardless of their place in the genealogical records. The distribution went to all who would come to the Lord's temple to perform their daily duties according to their divisions. They distributed gifts to the priests who were listed by their families in the genealogical records and to the Levites twenty years old or older who were listed according to their jobs and their divisions. Food allotments were also given to the families of all those listed in the genealogical records, including their little babies, wives, sons, and daughters, for they had been faithful in purifying themselves. As for the priests, the descendants of Aaron, who were living in the open villages around the towns, men were appointed by name to distribute portions to every male among the priests and all the Levites listed in the genealogical records. In this way, King Hezekiah handled the distribution throughout all Judah, doing what was pleasing and good in the sight of the Lord his God. In all that he did in the service of the temple of God, and in his efforts to follow God's laws and commands, Hezekiah sought his God wholeheartedly. As a result, he was very successful. 2 Chronicles 32 After Hezekiah had faithfully carried out this work, King Sennacherib of Assyria invaded Judah. He laid siege to the fortified towns, giving orders for his army to break through their walls. When Hezekiah realized that Sennacherib also intended to attack Jerusalem, he consulted with his officials and military advisors, and they decided to stop the flow of the springs outside the city. They organized a huge work crew to stop the flow of springs, cutting off the brook that ran through the fields. For they said, Why should the kings of Assyria come here and find plenty of water? Then Hezekiah worked hard in repairing all the broken sections of the wall, erecting towers and constructing a second wall outside the first. He also reinforced the supporting terraces in the city of David, and manufactured large numbers of weapons and shields. He appointed military officers over the people, and assembled them before him in the square at the city gate. Then Hezekiah encouraged them by saying, Be strong and courageous, don't be afraid or discouraged, because the king of Assyria, or his mighty army, for there is a power far greater on our side. He may have a great army, but they are merely men. We have the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles for us. Hezekiah's words greatly encouraged the people. While King Sennacherib of Assyria was still besieging the town of Lachish, he sent his officers to Jerusalem with this message for Hezekiah and all the people in the city. This is what King Sennacherib of Assyria says, What are you trusting in that makes you think you can survive my siege of Jerusalem? Hezekiah has said, The Lord our God will rescue us from the king of Assyria. Surely Hezekiah is misleading you, sentencing you to death by famine and thirst." Don't you realize that Hezekiah is the very person who destroyed all the Lord's shrines and altars? He commanded Judah and Jerusalem to worship only at the altar of the temple and to offer sacrifices to it alone. Surely you must realize what I and all other kings of Assyria before me have done to all the people of the earth. Were any of the gods of those nations able to rescue their people from my power? Which of their gods was able to rescue its people from the destructive power of my predecessors? What makes you think your god can rescue you from me? Don't let Hezekiah deceive you. Don't let him fool you like this. I say it again. No god or any nation or kingdom has ever yet been able to rescue his people from me or my ancestors. How much less will your god rescue you from my power? And Sennacherib's officers further mocked the Lord God and his servant Hezekiah, heaping insults upon insult. The king also sent letters scorning the Lord, the God of Israel. He wrote, Just as the gods of all the other nations failed to rescue their people from my power, so the God of Hezekiah will also fail. The Assyrian officials who brought the letter shouted this in Hebrew to the people, gathered on the walls of the city, trying to terrify them so it would be easier to capture the city. These officers talked about the god of Jerusalem as though he were one of the pagan gods made by human hands. Then King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, cried out in prayer to God in heaven, and the Lord sent an angel who destroyed the Assyrian army with all its commanders and officers. So Sennacherib was forced to return home in disgrace to his own land. And when he entered the temple of his God, some of his own sons killed him there with the sword. That is how the Lord rescued Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem from King Sennacherib of Assyria, and from all the others who threatened them. So there was peace throughout the land. From then on King Hezekiah became highly respected among all the surrounding nations, and many gifts for the Lord arrived at Jerusalem, with valuable presents for King Hezekiah too. About that time Hezekiah became deathly ill. He prayed to the Lord, who healed him and gave him a miraculous sign. But Hezekiah did not respond appropriate to the kindness shown to him, and he became proud. So the Lord's anger came against him and against Judah and Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah humbled himself and repented of his pride, as did the people of Jerusalem. So the Lord's anger did not fall on them during Hezekiah's lifetime. Hezekiah was very wealthy and highly honored. He built special treasury buildings for his silver, gold, precious stones, and spices, and for his shields and other valuable items. He also constructed many storehouses for his grain, new wine, and olive oil, and he made many stalls for his cattle and pins for his flocks of sheep and goats. He built many towns and acquired vast flocks and herds, for God had given him great wealth, he blocked up the upper spring of Gishon and brought the water down through a tunnel to the west side of the city of David, and so he succeeded in everything he did. However, when ambassadors arrived from Babylon to ask about the remarkable events that had taken place in the land, God withdrew from Hezekiah in order to test him and see what was really in his heart. The rest of the events of Hezekiah's reign and his acts of devotion are recorded in the vision of the prophet of Isaiah, son of Amos, which is included in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. When Hezekiah died, he was buried in the upper area of the royal cemetery, and all Judah and Jerusalem honored him at his death, and his son Manasseh became the next king.
0: Scripture reading by Emily Herrera Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at Tomorrow, we see the fall of Judah.